0: From the Ron McKee Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Siegman talks to us about how to stay true to yourself and trust your abilities when you get hired onto your dream job. How he manages and operates over 30 teams and over 700 athletes with just himself and a graduate assistant. And how being in the middle of organized chaos is the best teacher for learning how to coach. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder is the premier strength conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations worldwide, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or where they work out in the weight room view on a tablet. Right now, when you start a 14-day free trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. I'm telling you, great people, great software. Check them out. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Aaron Siegman. He is currently the Director of Human Performance at Concordia University of Wisconsin. Prior to this, he was the Head Strength and Conditioning Coach at Black Hill State University. And he's also had stops at the Milwaukee School of Engineering and Athlete Performance. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
1: Thanks. I appreciate the opportunity, man.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your role with Concordia, Wisconsin?
1: Yeah. So I am uh, in charge of uh, everything strength conditioning related um, on on campus. Um, So we have 32 teams, uh, varsity sports on on campus. And so, I mean, we're the largest Division three athletic program in the nation. Um, So it's me. A GA and then hopefully you can bring another GA on board running the ship right now. So uh, a lot of teams, it's about 750 athletes we try and pump through the weight room, you know, we on a weekly biweekly basis. Uh, So I'm in charge of strength, conditioning, speed, agility, conditioning for all the teams. I'm also teaching a few classes. Um, really, kind of doing whatever's needed to be done to build the program and develop the the culture, and you know, get the buy in from the athletes that that I know we need in, to have in order to make our programs across the board successful.
0: So that that that's nuts. You know, thirty two teams. I don't think it's not just the D three. I mean, that's probably one of the bigger programs just out there in general, and and at a lot of athletes. How do you? manage that or how do you go about programming because you know i I, i've known you from before and you know i got i come from a small program myself but is literally half of what you got across the board so how do you go about managing that and making sure 32 teams and 750 athletes don't you know get lost in the shuffle
1: yeah um I'd, lo- I'd love to tell you it's easy, <laughs> but I mean, I'd be lying to you and myself. Um, the biggest thing for me is just making sure our scheduling is on point. Um, you know, very detailed, very organized scheduling with teams, you know, communicating with coaches about practice times and, you know, what they're looking for off season and season wise and trying to schedule everything around that. Trying to do as much as I can early morning before, you know, classes start. So we're trying to get big group workouts in early, especially with like the big teams, so we can alleviate you know, 100 football guys or or whatever from clogging it up Um, and then trying to offer as many small group times during the day. Um, Our weight room is also shared by the students. So that's another, you know, wrench into the plan. So we got to work around, you know, the students that want to work out, you know, still trying to have athletes in there. So biggest thing is scheduling, you know, even if it's a couple teams in at a time, but it's small groups, I try to make sure it's, you know, four to six, even eight athletes per team at a time. That way they're at least know, lifting together, they can hold each other accountable, but then we can get a few other teams in there. Um, And the other thing is just programming wise, like making sure I know what each team is doing and trying to structure the days. So like if a team's on the squat rack, I can have another team, you know, in the dumbbell room doing a dumbbell circuit or doing auxiliary lifts until a platform or squat racks, you know, freeze up and then we can kind of rotate it that way. So the biggest thing is just trying to you know create space, you know, and, you know, time frame everything as well, so we're not in there for you know a long period of time because we have a lot of athletes to get through. So, trying to make sure everything's organized logistically so I can move athletes through in a you know reasonable amount of time.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's nuts, that's uh, it's impressive, and I, I know because I, I have to do it myself, but not nearly as much. How important of a role or what were you looking for with that the GA that you have because I know. You know, you're only as good as the people you keep close and around you. So being able to manage all that. And like you said, you're, you know, you might, you got a shot to bring in another GA here within the next school year. And this might be a good chance for anybody listening to see, you know, see what what you're looking for. So what are you looking for when you bring somebody in to help you out with your team and your, your teams and cultures?
1: Yeah. um, Obviously the biggest thing for me is, is trust. Like I got to be able to trust that they, will can, you know, basically it's, if I'm not there, I need them to be a version of me. You know, I need them to, you know, do hold the same standards, the same, everything that I do. So there's no drop off um, especially when there's that many athletes coming through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I want somebody that's accountable and punctual. Like I need you to hold your athletes accountable, but yourself accountable. I mean, I don't, I, obviously with that many teams, I can't micromanage and, and be a babysitter and look over your shoulder. So I need you to have a willingness to want to improve, ask questions, you know, take, take responsibilities for yourself and say, Hey, I'll program for women's golf or I'll program for tennis or, you know, say, Hey, I've done it in the past. Like it's one of my, you know, I I feel comfortable doing it. And I want you to, I want you to show some initiative. I mean, biggest thing that I see with a lot of interns sometimes, and you know, people volunteering is, you know, they just kind of stand in the corner and you know, in our profession, in our world, we don't have to babysit. Like there's, there's too much going on for me to stand there and hold your hand. Like, I tell my interns, I tell GAs, I tell them all like, if you want this, prove to me that you want this, show me that you're willing to learn, ask questions. Like if you don't understand something, come to me. I mean, in the middle of the, when I'm on the floor coaching, I'm not going to stop and, and explain something because to me, it's just a natural progression, right? It's just rolling. So after we're done with our session, yeah, we can sit down and you can ask those questions. We can, you know, kind of debrief everything and, you know, figure out what we could do better or what worked and didn't work. But in the moment, I'm not going to sit there and try and help you when I'm trying to focus on getting these athletes, a, you know, a very well organized structured workout that they can get through, you know, get better and then get out, get out the door. So the next group can come in. Um, so, I, you know, biggest thing, like I said, trust, accountability, they have to have a good personality. You know, that makes, that's makes a huge difference in, in our profession is you got to be able to relate to the athletes. you got to be able to, be, you got to be an effective communicator. Um, you know, just, simple things like just you know being a good quality human being and and knowing that our job goes beyond the weight room right like what we do in the weight room is is sweet it's great it's what everyone sees but the skills and the lessons that we teach going forward is is the trade-off right that is that's where we make make our big bucks is the behind the scenes like when we can develop them into better people and better humans so when they go into the real world workforce that they can take what we learned. Yeah, you can squat, you can bench, but can you be accountable? Can you be on time? Can, you know all the little things that make you more successful than just being an athlete. Because as we know, being an athlete, your time frame is four or five years. You know, if you're if you get the opportunity to, con, to continue and go on, great. But the reality is, a lot of us, a lot of athletes, is the chances of you playing after you're done at college is is very slim. So. You know, getting them to realize that there's more to it than just being an athlete, and the stuff that you learn in practice in the weight room is stuff that will benefit you in the long run.
0: Uh, I think that's great. It's uh, something I think we all strive for. It's, it's trust. You know, making yeah. sure that, and my biggest thing with all my assistants or anybody that's come on my staff is like, I just don't want to hear about it. Like, I'm if you're on my staff and you got your teams. I just don't want to hear any complaining from coaches yeah, dude, or athletes. We all, so. yeah,
1: we all have problems. Like yeah. being a good coach is being able to solve and, and adapt yeah. to the problems and not have to be like, Hey, what do I do? Exactly. Like I get it maybe a couple times early because you've never been in a situation, but mm. you know, I expect you to communicate with the coaches or the yep. teams. You're, you're, you know, like you schedule them, you do the programming, you know, mm-hmm. we'll go through it if you have questions, but like, if there's an issue or practice is late, whatever, like I need you to, adapt, you know, strength coaches are chameleons. You have to be the most adaptive people right. in, the, in the building. So.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think that's important. And you actually started out at Concordia University in, of Wisconsin, and you were able to go on to Black Hills uh, State and, and kind of you know, get your career going and being the director or the head strength conditioning coach there and go, and now you had the ability to go back to Concordia, you know, what was that like going back to where it all began for you? And then what was the culture that you try to establish once you got there?
1: Yeah. Um, it was definitely a surreal feeling walking back in the building for the first time. Um, You know, I hadn't really been back since I graduated. I was in a couple times, but nothing, you know, haven't really been dedicated into, you know, school, moved out to South Dakota to, you know, Black Hill State. So it was gone for a while. So walking back in and seeing like, you know, walking to the field house, the trophy cases and, you know, you see the gym and you you see all the coaches offices and you see, you know, all the coaches that were there when I was there. And, you know, now you're looking at them in a different light instead of being a player and a student. Now I'm a colleague. Right. So it was just a real surreal feeling and walking into the weight room for the first time thinking like I run this now instead of, you know, walking to do my workout, like now it's, it's my show and, you know, kind of. So the biggest thing for me was just kind of how can I establish a culture and a tradition that has been lacking, um, or wasn't established maybe. Um, and kind of, you know, when you go back to your alma, alma mater, there's a, there's kind of a pride ish pride piece in there. Like, Hey, I want this to work. I want this to be successful just because I'm an alumni. And I know what happened when I was here and how we did. And I want every team to get back to conference championships and, and national playoffs and, you know, winning rings. Everyone always talks about, you know, ch- ring chasing and, you know, whatever, but you know, like we, we got to we got a get back to that process. And I think a huge part of it, as we all know, you know, strength conditioning plays an enormous piece, you know, besides, besides obviously skill and technique of practice, like what we do in the weight room really helps drive home points and develop those athletes to become better. Um, so walking in, I wanted to, you know, really kind of sit down and establish what's my culture going to be and how can I communicate it effectively with, 750 athletes and, and how them know, you know, Hey, when we walk into the weight room, this is what, what is expected. So I tried to come up with something simple. Um, so I came up with a, an acronym cause I love acronyms, easy, right. Um, ACEs. So accountability, competition, and effort equals success. So every try to keep it simple, right? The three main po- focuses, you know, if you're, if you're accountable to yourself and your teammates, obviously I love competition. Athletes love competition. So putting competitions into our weight workouts either before, after, you know, once a week, twice a week. And then, you know, if you give that day in and day out effort of, Hey, I'm going to give everything I got every time I step in the weight room, I'm going to do everything in my power to be better than when I walked in, you're going to equal the success portion. Like in order to be successful, you know, you, you, there's a lot of steps that go into it. You can't just be, Hey, I'm going to be a successful college athlete and not do anything about it. You know, there's there's a lot of pieces that go into it. Um, so I, I figured, you know, I think that was the easiest way for me to kind of start to train rolling in the right direction. Uh, preach the accountability thing. You know, hey, hold your teammates accountable. For, you guys know who's not in here. Like, yeah, I can't mandate it. I can't make it mandatory. I'm not I can't take attendance. You know, I can, you know, vet, mentally take notes, but I so I'm just, Hey, you guys know who's not here. Like you, as a, this is your team, you need, you need to get the buy-in. You need all your teammates to come in here. You know, it's one thing to practice together but when you can grind through a workout and, you know, push each other. And, you know, as, as you know, you can grind it out in a weight room and, you know, push yourself to limits you didn't think were possible. Like that's when, you know, the true success happens and the, you know, the true development and, you know, getting, getting the athletes to be like, Hey, yeah, this is a better environment too. You know, new, a new environment, new atmosphere, you know, something that's been missing, you know, there's a lot of energy in the weight room, you know, there's a lot of passion. So, you know, kind of bringing that mindset that acronym into the the weight room has really helped. I think, you know, athletes love the competition parts. So that was easy for them to buy into, you know, the effort is, you know, it's one of those things like some days you're just not feeling it. Right. We all been there, right. you just, especially with COVID now, think you never know you, you get up and every morning, you never know if you're going to have practice or games or, you know, if you're shut down or whatnot. So Every day that you come into the lawyer room is a great day and you just gotta bring the effort. You know, you're here for a reason. Like use this opportunity to make yourself better. Even if it's you know 0.001% better, you got better. And you know, that adds up over time, you know, doing doing the right thing day in and day out leads to future growth and success. So I'm hoping now that we can get more into a new normal, natural routine, you know, we can start getting more of that, you know, accountability and competition and effort going, you know, get more success. But for the time being the athletes did great, you know, they bought in and they, they understand what it is, you know, the intent in the weight room now. So, you know, we're on the right track. I mean, obviously more room, to, more room to go, but I think we got the ball rolling in the right direction and, and definitely build off this going forward.
0: No, that's great. And I think it's, uh, that's a great opportunity for you to be able to go back to your alma mater and then also just, you know, see it from the different lenses as as a coach and a colleague versus the athlete and a student. Now, could you touch a little bit on what it's like and how you go about managing working with 32 head sports coaches? Cause uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you talking about you know, the scheduling and being on the same pages. And I know even if you have a great relationship with most of your head sport coaches, there's still a couple that are just like, you know, maybe thorns in your side and you got 32 of them. So how do you go about managing or like, what's some advice you'd give to those coaches that are learning the relationship between the head sport coach and the strength and conditioning coach?
1: Um, Biggest thing is, you know, try for me to be as flexible as possible, but also explaining to the coach, like, I need you to work with me too, you know, in an aspect of, you know everyone's got to practice everyone you know wants to schedule weight room time so you know putting a schedule down just meeting with the coaches individually and saying okay hey what are you looking for accomplish during this this phase of, this, of your of your year in season off season wise whatever it is and then kind of prioritizing that and how to be like okay hey here's the time slots that I have available for the group that you have what, what can we do to work with this? And, you know, Hey, if it's, you can get 30 guys there at nine and then, you know, you have another 10 guys that show up after class is done at nine Oh five. Like we can work with that. Like, you know, as much as you want to be like, Hey, if you're not all there at nine o'clock like, we. but I've realized here, like with class schedules and so many athletes, like you gotta, you gotta play with the, the times, you know, like getting, even if I can small group them and get teams in every 30 minutes, you know, get one group started at nine, have them off the racks and into, a, you know, the, the next thing by nine thirty, So the next team can come in and roll that way. So the biggest thing is just explaining to the coaches, you know, up front, just saying, Hey, I, I know it's a priority for you. It's a priority for me. I know it's a priority for our athletes. Here's what I can do. And, and, you know, how can we meet in the middle? How can we, you know, come up to a common ground? So it's a win-win for everybody. Like I, it, even if it's hey, we can get a thirty-minute lift in before practice, kind of treat it as a good pre-practice prep, right? Mm-hmm. So I love doing a dynamic warm-up. Maybe we do some acceleration or some plyos, some med ball throws, and that will be their session for the week. And they go right, and then they're like, hey, coach, saves you fifteen minutes having to warm them up. You can just get right into your your team drills. You know, I can meet you outside, do it right on the field. Easy done. Bring some cones, ladders, med balls, whatever you whatever we need. And then, you know, saves you time for warming up, helps them get an effective training session in. It doesn't have to be glitz and glam of bars and dumbbells. You know, like sometimes the most simplest things are some spl- sprints and plyos and a dynamic warm up for some mobility. And, and we're off and running. So for, for the biggest thing I'd say for coaches is, is to think outside the box too. like, don't just think it has to be weight room, right? Like you're a strength coach. Like, yeah, I get it. Most of our times in the weight room, but getting outside, like, Thinking outside the weight room and maybe meeting them at the practice field, or you know, meeting them in the gym, or you know, kind of meeting meeting them where they are as much as you want them to meet you where you are, um, makes it more effective. And you know, if you have uh, some fortunate enough for me, you know, some of the coaches have a passion for some, you know, like just some strength conditioning stuff, or have done it in the past because of you know previous years. So you know, they're pretty knowledgeable. I mean, they're not certified, or but you, if you can I can at least give them a a 30 minute med ball circuit sprint stuff and they know what's going on that they could run it too so that, that that's that been a big help is saying hey i can't make it to, to you know i can't be outside today i already got a full day in the weight room this is what i was thinking this is what we're going to do I, I give it to them write it down they can implement it they can ask you questions i you know i demo st- I we can demo it all so they understand what i'm looking for and what they they can look for out there and then right. you know they can they can take it off and run it it's not not rocket science. It's very simple stuff that we've all done, you know, day in and day out, but it's effective and, you know, it'll, it'll get, it'll get the job done with what, what we need to do, where we need to do it. No,
0: I I I think that's great. And you could tell you have experience and you've been around long enough to know, you know, it, it, it's a give and take. It's flexibility. It's not our way or the highway. It's not all about strength and conditioning. Like sometimes your session we're going to go outside and we're going to do what we can do. And and I think that's good. Although something is better than nothing. And I think the fact that you're able, I mean with just the sheer amount of teams and athletes you have, it's good that you have the flexibility between you, yourself and the, the head sports coaches to be able to Get, do what's best for the athlete. And I think yeah. that, that's a good thing.
1: And it's, and it's cool for them to kind of break it up, you know, maybe do something mm. outside or right. you know, get out of the weight room. Cause you always think oh, I got to work out. I'm going to go to the weight room. So getting them, you know, somewhere different, somewhere new, you know, letting them throw and sprint with med balls is always fun. You can kind of get some competition built in there. Um, just just changing it up for the athlete as much as for you know me, to help me out to change it up for them so that you know break up the monotony or the, uh, the mundaneness of hey every workout we're going to start in the gym we're doing our dynamic warm up then we go upstairs right. you know mm-hmm. like it, it's 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 a good change and a good break for them and sometimes helps helps them perform better because it's new
0: for sure no I I, th- I think that's great and you know and I I think it's important for other coaches to hear that you're going through what I'm going through and what they're going through. Cause it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not, <laughs> very wish, rarely right? yeah. Very rarely is it, you know, Coach Seekman and one team. And that's all you yeah. gotta worry about. It's most of the time with most of the coaches. We got to where multiple like you said, we got to be chameleon. We got to be with multiple teams, multiple different practice times. And I think it's it's good for other people to hear like it's not it's yeah
1: perfect world. it's the nature it's, it's the nature world. it's the nature of the beast, right like yeah, our job right. is coaching and training athletes and you know if you if you, the I don't know I, I personally like being able to run around and you know have all the athletes in there and different teams and bouncing back and forth and you know some people might think it's chaos it's, it's some people might lose their mind programming wise but it's I call it organized chaos it's just it's, it's safe and effective, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing is even when all those teams are in their lifting, like you got to make sure it's a safe environment. So we're not having people clean and people are running through platforms and, you know, so it's, it's, it's safe, it's controlled, but at the same time, it's chaotic because there's maybe two or three teams in there, you know, males, females, different, different levels of athletes. Like it's fun though. It makes you adapt and, you know, on the fly. Sometimes you got to, you're looking at a program like, Hey, we got to change that today just for sheer logistics or, Hey, you got practice coming up. Like, you know, there's, there's you know, numerous coaches on your podcast have said it. There's no such thing as a perfect program. You know, we always think, Oh, this is, we got the, the end all be all here. And then all of a sudden you get out there and like, well, this isn't going to work for what I got to do. So being able to adapt and like, you know, being a chameleon and changing things up just because you might just have to, just to make it work, especially with teams and athletes like you, you can, you can develop whatever program you want, you know, but at the same time, if you can't coach it and you can't, you know, teach it, I mean, what's, what's, what, what is it? You know, I've I heard a great quote, that you know, like you can have the best program possible, but if you can't coach it and you can't lead it, is it that good of a program and you could have the most simple, basic program, coach the heck out of it and get better results than having the perfect program. You know, I think it all depends on the athlete and the coach, right? If I, if I ran your program and you, and you ran your program, I'm sure we'd get different results doing the exact same thing. It's just, it's just how you lead it and how you coach. So being able to bounce around and change things up on the fly is I think one of the biggest skills you need to have as a strength coach, because as as you know, coaches know. Like even in practice, like nothing goes as planned. And if it does, <laughs> right. you're, you're sitting there going, "What happened? Like am I in a time warp? Is this you know Twilight Zone? Like there was me and one team. Like somebody missed something. Like <laughs> right. it's like you're right. just standing there, like wait, this is too easy. Sometimes like this is not how it's supposed to be. So kind of long-winded rant there, but it, no,
0: I mean my big thing. It's real world. You know, it's it is. It's not. I like, I, and I've said it before many times on the podcast. I, I try not to romanticize what we do. It's just the real world situation that most coaches are in is we have yeah. multiple teams and we got to be at a lot of different places. So I think it's good to, you know, let people know, cause you have probably one of the largest workloads that I've, I've seen on, while hosting this podcast. I'm sure there's been more, but legitimately you have yeah. a ton of teams between you and your GA and On top of that, you are a professor uh, at at the school teaching, you know, weightlifting and whatnot. How important or what part or what role does the side hustle play into a lot of coaches' careers?
1: Um, I think think if you haven't started a side hustle, it's something you should think about and look into, um, especially with, you know, all the new – apps and stuff out there. And I know, you know, I'm working with team builder myself. Um, you know, they have a real easy, simple payment portal that you can just put something up there and people subscribe and, you know, kind of. I, th- I think, you know, for some people, you know, COVID, you know, the COVID pandemic was a blessing. Um, I know people got sick and there was a lot of death and, you know, you can't, you can't look, you can't look, look past that. Like it, it happened, right. It is what it is. But for me, like, the whole pandemic was kind of a benefit. Um, I was, I was able to keep my job, which you know I'm super thankful for. I was able to provide for my family and a lot of people were, you know, struggling and, and, you know, going through job losses and especially furloughs, especially in college, you know, so you being able to keep my job, it, but it just made you kind of sit back and, and re re look at things. Um, I, I was super benefit. I, I superly really loved, you know, the, the, being able to have more time with the kids. You know, my biggest thing is, you know, as a coach, you know, like you said, it's real life stuff. Like I'm at work at five 30 before they get up, I'm home to put them to bed. Like, I don't see them. Like, you know, you, you want to have time with your family. So, you know, the whole pandemic making me kind of slow down, I guess is what it did, you know, put me at home and let me spend time with the family. The wife and the kids was, was huge, hugely beneficial because during the school year, you know, we're, a million miles an hour all day, every day. Right. So having that time with them is time that, you know, I can't take back and I'm super thankful for. So I guess, you know, that also, you know, realizing that the pandemic made me realize like our jobs like can be taken in an instant. Right. That was my biggest thing is just sitting there. Like for the first couple of weeks, you didn't know if I was going to get a phone call and say, Hey, guess what? Thanks. But until we can get athletes in the building again, you're going to just kind of be chilling. So it's kind of one of those things like I still need to provide, you know, like here's, I got kids and, you know, so looking into a side hustle and creating, you know, something, is something as simple as an online training business, just, you know, you and I and all these other strength coaches know, like you've worked with hundreds of athletes over the years that aren't athletes anymore and want to work out, but, you know, maybe don't know where to start or where to go. So, you know, creating a, a business that I can say hey if you've been an athlete not an athlete if you're a friend it doesn't matter like here's all these things I can offer you and and just a way to get some side revenue not saying it's going to you know take the place of my main job you know if if it does down the road great you know I'm just kind of mm-hmm. doing that as a as a fail safe you know kind of a a rainy day fund so if something happens I know we at least have time to figure something out so I think you know, the pandemic is, you know, as much as it hurt a lot of people and, and caused a lot of problems, like there were some benefits. It changed the way a lot of us look at our profession and how we look at our jobs. And I mean, I know I've rearranged a lot of my programming to make it just more streamlined and more effective. So the workouts can be done faster just, you know, to get used to the cleaning before cleaning after protocols that we had to do. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep that rolling, you know, just making everything more streamlined logistically, you know, more functional, um, and then building the side business, just giving myself another opportunity to develop as a coach, develop as a, as a, as a, as a leader, as a mentor, you know, and just kind of be able to at least give something back, back to the people that have helped me, you know, the athletes and friends and stuff and, and family, but also be able to provide, if anything like this happens again, I want to be ready. You know, this opened to a lot of people's eyes, like what's a pandemic, like we've never been through this. Like, this is a this was challenging for everybody. So looking at it, you know, as much as it's a negative, like looking for the positives in in this whole thing kind of really changed me, my outlook on, on, on my profession, on my career and on me as a person. And what I can do to be better to, you know, continue growing in this industry, but also at the same time providing for the family, because I mean, they're the reason we do what we do, you know, like they're, they're the why behind everything that I do is, I do it for them and you know I want I want to provide for them so you know they can have the opportunities I didn't have or the chances that I didn't get you know so I can you know give back to them and you know give back to as many people as I can
0: We'll be right back High school coaches listen here and check this out if you've always wanted gym wear but never had the budget we have some big news for you GymAware and Flex are now together in one place. The Flex hardware now integrates with GymAware's team app and cloud, giving you more data than before. Teams with smaller budgets can access the same technology the professionals use without breaking the bank. Before locking in your next weight room upgrade, be sure to reach out to the team at GymAware first. I'm telling you, you can have a cost-effective, accurate VBT technology and GymAware right in your weight room. Check them out at GymAware.com. No, it's, you nailed it on the head to be able to find some uh, silver lining throughout all this and yeah, I mean... I have kids as as well. And I was pretty selfish. I was like, this is pretty cool. Especially yeah. cause they're, they're a little younger too. So yeah. I was like, Hey, too, yeah. this is a time where like, I probably wouldn't have been around them. And, and now I'm like, they probably got tired of me the, the last year. Cause I was around yeah. so much, but <laughs> For sure. they're like,
1: dad, can you go to work now? I'm tired yeah. of being home all
0: day. Yeah, exactly. But it, it was good to be around them. And I, I really enjoyed taking that in. And then, like you said, I know a lot of coaches from I've, I've talked to in the last year, they, uh, it, it was a chance for everybody to take a step back and like look at this you know maybe from a 30,000 foot view and try to figure out what would what would you do if something that we that was secure all of a sudden got you know ripped out from underneath you and uh, i think that's a good w- a good way that you looked at it it was you know let's try to find some positive out of here and, and adjust all of our careers and how we go about that so a, it's just,
1: it was, it was crazy. It was, yeah.
0: but it, Hey, it, you,
1: like we, we talked earlier before, you know, during the pandemic, like you could get a phone call that says, Hey, guess what? Like we're not doing athletics for the fall. Like what? And and the biggest thing for me was just trying to like over the summer and, you know, when everything was shut down, is trying to stay in contact with your athletes because they were struggling just as bad as we were, you know, sometimes even worse because they didn't, they didn't know what they were going to come back to or if they were going to come back. So know, reaching out, giving them workouts that they could do. Most of them were bodyweight at home. You know, we all went there, everything was shut down, you know, bodyweight stuff, different, you know, ways to keep them engaged, but also just making sure that they were mentally not checked out because when, when things were got back up and running, it was like, Hey, we expect you to come back and ready to go. And hopefully you were using your time wisely. You know, it's kind of one of those things like it went from nothing to something. And it was just like, well, now I got to change everything that we're doing and, you know, trying to adapt and, you know, be resilient and overcome all the trials, and you know everything that we were facing was 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 another piece of the puzzle that I think got lost in all of this. Was you know as much as you focused on you, it was like our athletes were going through similar stuff. You know, they were trying to figure out things and what was going to happen or not happen, and you know what did this mean for them. So, you know, I think being able to keep in touch with a lot of those athletes over the quarantine and you know over the the time away was 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 huge helping them just mentally stay checked in and, you know, focused on, Hey, we can still use this time. Even if it's push-ups, squats and lunges and sprints, like we can still use this time to become better. Like don't, don't just think, Oh, woe is me. And like, I I can't do anything. Like once again, it gets back to everyone thinks it's weight room and it's all bars and dumbbells. It's sprinting. It's jumping. It's the simple things that we can do that doesn't require much, much equipment and, you know, we can get the job done. So uh, there's a, there's a lot to it. And I think, you know, when you step, like you said, when you step back and you look at it from the whole grand scheme of things, like there's a lot of things that I know I want to do better if, and when this happens again, you know, hopefully not, but you know, with, you never know anymore. Right. So definitely a big learning, a learning experience, you know, um, personally. And, you know, I was able, like you said, I, I loved taking the kids to school, picking them up, you know, doing all the park stuff. and. You know, spending time cooking dinner and, you know, doing stuff that I wouldn't get a chance to do, but, you know, building relationships and and stuff and you can't take that time back. So it's, it's good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, again, great advice. And for our listeners, we know we have a pretty good amount of either coaches that are younger. So, and not so much younger in age, they're maybe younger in the profession. So graduate assistants, right? you know, interns, you know, the, the coaches that are going through the grind of of trying to establish themselves, what's some advice you'd give to those younger coaches uh, while they're working their way up. And then also, since you are the head strength and conditioning coach for, you've been a head strength coach for a few places. What's some advice you'd give to that coach that might, maybe they just landed their dream job and they just became the head strength coach of their, their own, their own, uh, you know, school. And what advice you'd give to the first time head strength coach?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, it's the biggest thing would be, cast your net as far as you can build a good network of coaches that you can, you know, network with or ask questions with, because we've all been through some, something that you've been through. Um, you know, we've all been through the grind. We've all been the young coach, you know, we have all been the first time coach on the floor, like reach out to as many coaches as you can. Um, I know a lot of coaches will get back to you. I mean, if it's not right away, they'll at least get back to you within a day, email, direct message on uh, Instagram, Twitter, like, you can contact these coaches, contact me. I, I mean, whoever you want and and just ask questions because the more questions you can ask and the more you can learn, the more it's going to help you. Um, you know, you, the young coaches out there, like get on the floor, like just watch coaches, coach, ask questions about, you know, why they coach, how they do, or, you know, what they're, philosophy is what their training programs are and you know the more you can get on the floor and coach and and be a part of the actual chaos and the actual training session the more you'll pick up from it I mean there's only so much you can learn in books I mean our profession is one of those things like you need to be in it like you have to be there to to learn right everything that we do is learning you know in the moment coaching on the fly. And then you can decompress and debrief after, but it's all, you know, bullets are flying kind of a thing. Like, how are you going to react and respond to, you know, 30 athletes walk in the door, you have an hour, you know, you have football, basketball, soccer team in there. Two guys are injured. There's another guy that's, you know, how are you going to be able to organize the workout and change things up so that everyone can get an effective workout in. And maybe it's you, maybe it's, you and an intern or, you know, it's you and the head coach, you know, kind of being able to communicate effectively with, you know, everyone in the building is, is huge. You communicate with the athletes, communicate with, you know, the other staff members and, and, you know, don't, don't, don't be afraid to fail. Like failing is okay. That's where we learn, right? If you're, if you're not going to fail, that means you're not going to, you're not going to give effort. Failure is just your first attempt in learning. Like we all fail, but we use that to learn. Right if you don't fail, you you don't know how far you're capable of going or what you're capable of. Like once you fail, that's when you can be like, okay, Hey, I know where my limit is. Now, how can I get better? So I can push past that limit. Right. And then fail again. And then you get back up and you continue on and then you fail. So like, and admitting you don't know everything as a first time coach is, is, is tough. Right. I get it. Like, you don't want to be like, I don't know, but like the athletes are going to like, you've heard coaches say like the athletes see through that stuff. If you try and give them a long winded answer and they're just like, okay, whatever, man. Like, like, Hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say the wrong thing and give you the wrong advice. So let me come back to you tomorrow or why don't you come back in later and we can talk about it. You know, let me do a little research about stuff. So I, I think, you know, me going through it myself was trying to be, you know, as relatable as I could, you know, build a relationship because you want them to trust you. You want them to buy in. So they, you know, they believe in what you're coaching and what you're giving. Um, but also being like, Hey, you know what? I I, I don't know. Let me, let me reach out to, let me reach out to one of the other coaches I that I talked to, or let me do some research on my own and, and find out the answer for you. So, you know, you can, that helps build the buy-in and build the relationship and and admitting that you don't know something is is not a bad look on you. It's, you know accepting that, you know, you're, you're not a know-it-all and, it, you know, you, you, you need to grow and learn too. And as far as like first time strength coaches goes, like come in early and meet with the coaches, get to know your coaches and, and get to know their cultures and the teams and, you know, what they look for. So when you're, you know, when you're in the weight room with their team, you're essentially one of their coaches. So, you, you know, you want to be holding their athletes to the same standards that they do. Um, the biggest thing, is don't have a disconnect between what, you know, the one coach wants and what you do. And then it puts the athletes in a tug of war, you know, in between gray area. Well, coach says this, but coach Seekman says this. And the biggest thing is just communicate with you, with all your coaches, get on the same page, you know, be, 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 a, be a shadow, be one of their shadows, you know, just go through a practice with them, go through a meeting. Like I learned a lot, just shadowing coaches, not in the weight room, but just as they go throughout their day. You know, like you get to see a lot about a person when they're in their office, when they're in team meetings, when they're walking around the hallways, like, you know, you not saying you have to follow 24 seven, but, you know, maybe, Hey coach, can I come into your office and just kind of hang out and, you know, get to know you or, Hey, can I go to the team meeting or, you know, can I come out to practice and, you know, watch how that kind of gives you a glimpse into, you know, their life as much as, you know, their athletes, you know, getting to know how they, they react and. Build relationships with the coaches because at the the end of the day, you want the coaches on your side, right? We need, you know, if anything happens, you got to be able to have a good relationship with that coach that they, they got your back as much as, you know, you have theirs. Um, And you want them to treat you as one of their staff, you know, one of their members of their staff. And once again, if you don't know something, admit it, go do the research. Like don't, don't, don't lie. And don't, that just builds a bad reputation and puts you in a hole that you're going to have to, try and work out of, you know, it's, it's more, more respectful and more responsible to just admit something and then say, Hey, but I'll come back to you with a plan and and, and a, and a better way to attack it. Um, And just, just, just be who you are. Don't be someone fake. Just as a coach, you know, your strengths, know your weaknesses, you know, coach to your strengths, work on your weaknesses, hire somebody that can maybe like you've had coaches say before, like if you're not good at a particular area, go reach out and network with a coach that is good. Or be if you can hire somebody, bring in somebody that's good in that area so you can learn, right? The biggest thing as a strength coach is we're constantly learning. I mean, our, our profession and our field is constantly evolving and changing. So you got to always be up to date with everything and everyone and putting more tools in your toolbox is, is going to help you as much as it's going to help develop that other staff member or your athletes.
0: No, definitely. That's awesome. I, you touched on a couple of things, you know, get on the floor and coach and and learn while you're in it and be there. And I think that's really good advice for the young coach because it's all theory until you actually are in the in the thick of it and you're trying to figure things out. And that's where you figure out what kind of coach you are and yeah. what kind of coach the, the, the strength coach you're shadowing is, you know, and how they – i I'm sure you probably see what the plan was and then how they altered it. Cause every, every day, mm-hmm. every day, everything gets altered and it's based on what you do. And then, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you nailed it again with uh, the, the first time, you know, heads train coaches, you know, build the relationship with the sports coaches because that's a, a really big point of the, it, you know, we are support staff and we're like we're probably one of the most support staff, but we are still support staff. We want to be a part of their staff. And I've, I've done it before where I've butted heads with the, the head sport coach and it just makes your life so much more yeah. difficult than it, than it yeah. needs to be. So just be on the same page, admit when you don't know, let them know what your, your, your thoughts and feelings are. So you're, you both can at least respect each other's expertise exactly. about what you're, how you're going about things and how you guys can, you know, build the team that works in the, the grand scheme of thing that, you know, hopefully that wins. So, you know, that's, a, yeah, that's just, great advice.
1: Yeah. Me, just meeting it. Like, once again, it's always just being flexible, meet the coach where they are. You know, we've all had those old school coaches, right. That it's, I've done this for so long. This is what I want and saying like, okay, Hey, like I get it. Like you've won. Let's okay. But here's some of the, you know, maybe just offering some new scientific data or some new research studies or say, Hey, this is where the, the trend is going with, you know, your sport or with the sport in general. And, you know, just kind of, even if you can be like, hey, I'll do, you know, like let's keep everything going, but maybe you can insert, you know, one or two new things into what they've been doing. You know, the coach can see that, see, you know, the athletes buying in, see the results, you know, see better performance. And then slowly that's when you can start kind of breaking those walls down of, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I want to do. This is how it's always going to be. You know, once you can show your value and show your worth, you know, I think is another thing is just always bring something to the table, you know, always, always come ready with, questions and answers and, and knowledge that you can share that isn't, doesn't have to come off as, you know, like, oh, this dude knows too much or he's, you know, just spitting all these facts, but you know, just stuff that'll help back your case and make, make for a strong argument on why you need to do what you're doing or incorporate what you're doing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's some great advice. Now, if you could pick up the phone and call Aaron Seekman from five years ago, what would you tell him?
1: Oh man, dude, I've been trying to come up with a great answer. I've listened to all the other episodes and I know this question's coming. It comes in hot. Um, (laughs) it's, uh, it's one of those things five years ago would have been, so I would have just gotten the job at Black Hill state and my first official as my first official college job and walked in as the guy, you know, as the director of athletic performance and, you know, was in charge of everything. My biggest thing that I would have told myself is just slow down. Like, I came in trying to do too much too fast. I wanted to, you know, like I've watched and reached out and I've talked to some of the coaches. Like I wanted to do, I had a bullet list of do, 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 I wanted to hammer all these things out, you know, and just sometimes too much all at once is, is just too much. Right. You came in trying to change everything at the same time. And you know, you came, I came in, you know, in September. So that, you know, the this, this semester had already started, the athletes were already in the weight room. Like they were already, you know, going through things. So, I would have just told myself, take a breath, man, slow down. Like you, you, you understand, you know what you're doing. Like always trying. I, I also thought too, I was always trying to prove myself just cause you know, I didn't have the storied background that a lot of coaches have, you know, I wasn't at the division one program and interned in GA and, you know, so for me, I had a big chip on my shoulder. Like I was, I don't want them to regret me hiring me. Like I wanted to prove that I knew what I was doing and, you know, I could, I could handle being the head guy without having been the head guy before. So I think slowing down, um, just learning more, you know, from the athletes and from the environment and from the atmosphere of being in the college athletic weight room and just take a breath and, and relish in the moment, like take, take advantage, see it for what it is. Like, I was, you know, wide bushy wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, you could say. You know, I was like a freshman walking in, like, holy cow, coming from a division three program and I was in division two, like the glitz, the glam, the lights. You know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be what you you know, I wanted to be everything that they wanted. And, you know, I think I did too much my first year there. I tried to, you know, go out of my way to do way too many things. You know, I I ran myself ragged because I didn't want to say no. I wanted to be the first guy in, last guy to leave, you know, it was always like, Oh, coach is still here grinding. Like I was programming, I was reading, I was going to conferences and going to clinics, which is all great stuff. But at the same time, like I was, wasn't, as they say, I wasn't where my feet were. I was trying to do everything all at once. And sometimes, you know, I'd be in the middle of a a session and trying to figure out my next program or the next team coming in and, or my next speed agility session, or how I was going to run the next plyos, you know, it was kind of, like, just take a breath, man, slow down. Like you're there for a reason. Like you earned it. Like you've proven your worth. Like just let it naturally happen and, and just take advantage of the moment.
0: No, oh, absolutely. That's some great advice. And yep. We've all been there before. I, yes, I remember it's, what it's like to try to do it all. Isn't and it, realize... It's the
1: most intimidating thing. Just walking in there like, what's up? How you yeah. doing? I'm the new strength coach. And I was like, who's this guy?
0: Like, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, definitely in my mid to late twenties. So I thought yeah. I, I yeah. thought I was invincible. And then yeah, it, there's a few things in that first year that really humble you and realize that. Like, oh man. When that first workout
1: just absolutely falls apart on you yeah. in front of that. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, oh, I look like a clown. But like, yeah. once again, that's being on the floor and learning, like being yep. in it, like right. how, like every work, like we said, every workout's not perfect. You know, we've all been through that workout that absolutely falls apart. Nothing goes right. You know, you got, it starts with the warm ups, just terrible. And, you know, you just, it just trickles down and then you're just, it's just an absolute disaster, but you learn from those moments and it makes you a better coach and, you know, you build off that. So I think we've all been there. The biggest thing is when that happens, don't, don't freak out and lose your stuff. Like just focus. Like that's the biggest thing is like when you see it just dumpster fire, like (laughs) like tr- try and contain it as much as you can. Don't run away. Like it's the biggest thing is you'll just make it worse. You're like, ah, oh, screw it. And just walk out. Like it's, it is what it is. It's happened to everybody. Just control what you can control and, you know, get something out of it at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Now what, what's next for coach seek, What's something that you have coming up in this next year, you know, performance wise that you're excited for either for Concordia or for yourself?
1: Um. Kind of for Concordia, I'm excited to start implementing some VBT stuff. I know they okay. haven't ever done it before. What are you, what so, are you using? Uh, I use the Beast sensors. Okay, uh, i you're okay. familiar with that. They're just accelerometers or magnets you put on the bar. Um, yeah,
0: nice. Okay.
1: Yeah, so it's it's simple. It's an app that I can kind of control and track. It provides real time. You know, it's you know nothing glitzy and glamoury, but it gets the job done. It provides feedback. It's it makes the athletes lift with an intent. It, it everything that we wanted to accomplish, it accomplishes. Um, so they've never they've never used that before. So I'm super excited and I can't wait to see how they freak out when they're technology in the weight room and, you know, a new form of training, you know, kind of stuff like that. So I'm excited to start using that. I want to start putting some of that in with the summer stuff just cause the app yeah, there's, there's, you know, a lot fewer athletes here this summer. So having a better control group and being able to control it in a, you know, a more controlled setting um, instead of when there's 700 athletes running through the doors and trying to do that with, you know, programming and stuff. So, incorporate some VBT stuff, also um, some triphasic. They've never done some triphasic stuff. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to put that in there too. Um, you know, going forward, just, you know, just introduce it, just kind of show it, show them what it's like and, you know, all that control tempo stuff. So that'll be fun. Um, as far as me personally, you know, once again, my side hustle, trying to get in the, the business side of things up and running so I can, you know, start making that better. Um, you know, very in the very beginning stages, try to do a lot of research. You know, I want to make sure if I'm going to do it, I'm gonna do it right. And I don't want to half half it half it up. You know, I want to make sure that it's going to be profitable. It's going to be successful. Like it's going to not just fall flat on its face, which I mean, no matter what I do, it's probably what's going to happen. I'm probably gonna have to reassess and reevaluate it, you know, two weeks in. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm at least able, you know, to have all the bugs out. So when it's, when it's going, it's, it's going and, you know, like you said, it's kind of going to handle itself, you know, with, with minor input for me, I can just kind of let it run and do its thing. So, you know, I'm excited to get that kind of officially started and off the ground, you know, it's in the very basic stages right now. So, um, that that's kind of personally what I'm, what I'm looking for, you know, so going to be it's going to be a crazy as much as it's a low-key summer for strength coaches it's going to be pretty busy uh, which is good now's the time so I, when fall hits and we have everyone on campus and I'm teaching and this that and the other thing I, you know I can I can get all the leg work hopefully done now
0: no I, that that's awesome man that's that's exciting stuff that's a you have a a lot of fun getting out with your athletes and getting them to see all that. Now uh, what's on a social media or you have some social media shout out, or what's the best way our listeners could see what you're doing there at Concordia, Wisconsin. And then also just touch base with you for any follow-up questions or reach out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can email me um, Aaron.Seekman and then at cuw.edu. I'm sure it'll be listed too, but that's my school email. Um, I, I'm pretty good about responding, you know, that same day. If, you know, if I'm not crazy hectic, um, social media, my Twitter and Instagram, it's, uh, at coach seek C-U-W. So coach S-I-E-K C-U-W, um, Twitter, Instagram, not much of a Twitter guy. <laughs> um, and my Instagram is probably full of, full of motivational quotes and pictures of the kids. So, uh, I'm I've talked with people about trying to get better on that as well. It's just hard for me to try and coach behind a phone and, you know, maybe I start getting my GA to start filming stuff, so I can start putting some content up there. Um, but maybe, maybe that's something I'll work on coming up too. Another thing you can you can put on the list of what I want to do is in, incorporate. You know, that um, my business, if you're interested, is, is setsperformance.com. S E T S performance.com. That's the website, and then that'll have links to programs and nutrition and, and stuff like that. You can also reach me, contact me through there too, but. I'm reachable. If you need my cell phone, I will be happy to give it to you. I love talking shop, chopping it up, just catching up, getting to know who whoever. So, hit me up if you need something.
0: Absolutely, no that that's great. And you know, I want to say thank you for you know coming on the podcast. I know I've been wanting to reach out to you, and you know, we were all I think just about every coach is catching their breath at right now from what we all just went through this last year with all the protocols and all that constant nonsense, but, you know, thanks for being on. You got some very practical and very real world and great advice on how to, you know, be a good coach. Cause it's, it's not a perfect world and you got to be able to roll the punches and evolve and, and see how, see what you're made of by putting yourself in the middle of it all. And I think that's uh, some really good advice and, and you know best of luck to you coming up because you're 32 teams and your 750 <laughs> athletes are gonna yeah. you're gonna need it and and you know good luck with everything and, and thanks again like i have a lot of respect for you and, and what you've done throughout your career so thanks for being on the podcast
1: yeah man, i i greatly appreciate it. this is a true honor and uh i appreciate the opportunity and you know it's always good catching up I haven't talked to you in a while since i left you know we are Co- colleagues, I guess, in, in the RMAC. And so we got to know each other, but yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's been an honor to be on here. A lot of great coaches have come on this podcast, you know, so being able to be on it myself is, is an honor, dream come true. So um, I thank you for your time. Um, I look forward to, you know, talking with you later and catching up and and hopefully catch you at a couple conferences or conventions.
0: Yep. For sure. Coach. We'll I'll see you around for sure.
1: Oh, all right. Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye. This episode is brought to you by play play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession from flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at Play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.